Assisting my assistant. Oh my Let's goodness, that no, sounded that did Start all over. Here we go. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Three, we were just two, one. Moving. Hit that sound and away you go. Hello, everyone. We're just having some fun. I'm your host, Shenanis. And of course, I have with me the senior leadership of Torque New York, starting with. Pastor Tony Cassis. Hello. Pastor Nathan Cassis. Bonjour. And Dr. Robin Cassis. I can't compete. Hi, guys. Oh, my goodness. That was quite funny. We have our friend back again. Just yes. a big shout out to Turtaloo <laughs> Redondi. Turkaloo. Turkaloo awesome. Redondi. Turkaloo. Turkaloo. Turkaloo, where are you from? Turkaloo. Oh, we have someone He's that said Tur- bonjour. Turkaloo's from Turkey. Oh, gosh. Is it the other friend? Oh, my Lord. Nay Smith? I can't even. People online, if you're understanding, you can't understand what we're doing because you we can't see the screens. False we have some people. <laughs> false. Uh, we have some bots. Spotify personalities. audience. We have some people that have come on and they have some aliases that they're using instead of their actual. Because people are getting tired of Facebook knowing everything. So now people are creating alias accounts. Right. So we, we just. Get ahead of that. We just wanted to let you. Be filled in with what's going on so you don't <laughs> think that we're crazy. Yeah, we're just having a little fun with our live audience members because you That's can join in on a fun. advantage of coming know, on live. Right? You get to come on and have fun with us. You make sure while we're on it to like our Facebook like page and you can join in on the fun too. We you, laugh have, to in be, the you have to be quick because <laughs> you disappear. Yeah, with the new <laughs> Facebook update. Uh, you Apple. have to be really quick. Pastor's I keep not hitting this. this. I'm really hitting this pad all the time. I see them for one, two, three. <laughs> she frustrated four, with that thing now. Five. Mark Zuckerberg, watch out. She's not there happy. There we go. Five seconds and you're gone. She's not happy. That's really bad, isn't it? Anyway, getting back into tonight's portal. Mm-hmm. Sinead's going to bring us in. We have to laugh because there's so much going on. It is a lot going on. And we talk pretty deep on this podcast, so it's oh good to be do. silly. It's good to be jovial. Joy is medicine can for we, the bones. Can we say goodbye to Gladdy on oh this Lord portal? Jesus. Yes, we can. Goodbye, Gladdy. Bye, Gladdy. Aren't you happy? <laughs> Sorry if you don't know what that is talking about. <laughs> That's the former... That's the former premier of New South Wales in Australia. Former. According to the word of the Lord, she she resigned last night. Whether you have an opinion on that, we're telling you this is God's move. 
You can keep your opinions to yourself <laughs> and know <laughs> that God I, I, did what he did. Keep your opinions to yourself, otherwise you disappear off my screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Um, I just want to say the amazing power of God to work when you least expect it. Oh, yeah. Right. Because um, without yes. going into the politics of it, let's just go into the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. The ICAC emailed her office at 12 p.m. saying they had intended to open in an investigation on Monday. Yes. Within an hour she after was receiving that email, she stepped down. So, I mean, 12 p.m., 1 p.m., that's only 60 minutes. So I just want to say I don't know what they had, but to be able to move that quickly and say, you know, and she said, you know, I don't want to do this. But for those, again, that listening, we're not asking for your opinion because this is a move of God. This is what the Lord has been saying would happen. This is what the church has been praying because anyone that stands in the way of God, he will move out of the way. And it's not based on gender. It's not based on color. It's not based on, you know, nationality. It's based on are you being an instrument to bless the church. And if you're not being an instrument to bless the church, the pastor, please tell us what happens. You better get the heaven out of the way because the Lord is on to you. And if, let me just say one more thing. If you want to know a little bit more, be on Open, open eyes, eyes tonight. Where we get to say what we want. <laughs> and we'll get to say why that hour was so important. Oh, well. I want to. I just want to lay down uh, uh, a topic. There is so much being said in the name of the Lord that is not the Lord by the church and the unchurched, you know, especially here in the United States. Every man and his dog is giving us the word of the Lord. So... Whoop! <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to do that. <laughs> Can um, you imagine next to be night? Pastor, what is the Lord saying? Whoop! Whoop! <laughs> oh, my Lord. I, I just realised, is that, is that a saying in, the, in America? Every man and his dog? Yeah. Kinda, I've everyone. heard of it. Basically yeah. everyone. You have all the yeah. dogs barking in the street. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Is that, every man is that, and his cat. Is that a saying? Every Tom, Dick, and Harry? Yes. You don't have that? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So just everyone is giving us yes. the word of the Lord, and not all of it is the word of the Lord. And everybody's giving us, you know, advice. Mm. And, you know, obviously your relationship with the Holy Spirit has to play a big part because... The enemy is being very, very cunning and deceptive using very much. Very much. Um, what I would call key figures in Christianity to verbalize his agenda and verbalize the enemy's uh, narrative. And, um, you know, Paul tells us no wonder because uh, his ministers, Satan's ministers, uh, can... Um, you know, present themselves as angels of light. So, you know, I'm just putting that out there. Don't believe everything that's spoken in the name of Jesus to be Jesus. Okay? Right. And this point kind of and brings us to our topic. Right. Because tonight we're talking about how um, heaven and earth have to be in harmony for God's movement to be released upon the earth. 
and we're coming out of the scripture like, you know, whatever you bind shall be bound in heaven. And we're going to bring some truth out of that. But I think it's really important for even the fact that we talked about Gladys and starting with that because a lot of people had been praying, a lot of people had been saying, but until heaven and earth came into agreement, nothing was accomplished. Mm. And I think that's a really important area for us as believers to understand mm. because we got to understand that, especially going into 2022, we're getting ready for season casting and this is a big, big, you know, component of the coming year um, prophetically. Heart, mouth, heaven, earth have to all be in alignment. Mm. And that's why some of your prayers probably aren't being fulfilled because you're asking heaven to do something but your heart is not in alignment or you're confessing different from what heaven is trying to do. And so, yeah, let's, we're going to go into that deeper tonight because pastor has some things to share too. Yes. Someone said, saints one, high places zero. Woo! <laughs> what was that? Scoreboard. Scoreboard. <laughs> saints have one point, high places have zero. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking more for to more points for that. Um but yeah, I mean, come on. The stuff has been quite I was I was telling, you know, a friend that was trying to, you know Yes. Uh, you know, disprove misinformation. That's what he said he was here to do. Um but I was like, look, every leader has a belief system, whether we acknowledge that or not everyone is operating out of some form of a some belief form. system. Yes. And yes. some worse than others. Right. And then we get the other head, you know, I was just like, come on. I just told you that. And look what this person does. So anywho, without further ado, let's jump right in. First of all, can I just say these last two portals have been absolutely amazing to my life and people have been saying that throughout the week like their their head has been exploded because it's just the truth is confronting them in the heart but in a good way and not feeling like you know pushed up against the wall type confrontation where you feel like you got to duke it out um but yes it's been super hopeful to areas that may have been deferred or non-existent for some but um it, it definitely has been super helpful just understanding this process, understanding and unpacking those belief systems like we've been doing has been helping people just air it out to like, so, because it gets caught up in all our thoughts sometimes and we don't really have a platform like this. Now we do, but we have a platform like this where we, you know, it's being aired out and not just kind of hidden in a sense where we think we're the ones that are crazy you know, and constantly tossing these belief systems around. So we just also want to say hi. Hi, Pastor Christy. She just came on as well. And Suzanne, hello, hello, hello. And Anidai, hi. And I can't see. So. <laughs> She's so over it. Yes. Uh, I, if you I'm going to touch Danielle's the on, Virginia's on, Kenny's on. No, on Nate's one. Leslie's on, Jonathan's on, Vanessa's on. Um, if I didn't mention you, it'll come up later on. Yes. Sorry. Okay. But uh, we can see, 
we can see some people coming on more and more as we go into the topic. All right, so let's go forward. <laughs> Turkaloo is on. Turkaloo's on. We welcome you. We got a Turkaloo in the house. <laughs> we're welcome. We're welcoming Turkaloo to having the a lot to family. say. Turkaloo, come on, Turkaloo. I love his uh, family name, Zernoff. Yes, <laughs> I love sounds it. like Smirnoff. <laughs> sounds like Smirnoff. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, we better get just on. Just so I was just about to say, better, I have no control over on what happens on portals. Okay, I just hold the microphone. And tried to direct shit, but yeah, we better <laughs> get on with it. <laughs> All right, let's go, shall we? Yeah, let's, let's do go. It. What it, let's start with what we're naming this one. What are we naming this one? This one was called Harmony, Heaven, and Earth. Oh, Harmony, Heaven, and Earth. Harmony. So I'll kick it to Pasta to introduce why she wanted to talk to about this, okay. and then um, she can kick it to whoever she wants to. Well, um, add some we've been uh, doing a lot of teaching lately on uh, things that uh, weren't normally known as Christians, you know, like the original plan and then having such things like uh, the real gospel, which is truly a gospel of love that leads to true repentance yeah, that... Uh, so that was another part that we were sharing on and and so that really started people thinking. Um, I think we also were talking on our heart and uh, being in line with our mouth, our confession um, and our action. And so it's been different things that we've been <coughs> Talking on, you know, and so tonight we we want to add to this walk in Christ with more understanding of how things operate, principles, the process of how it works, and so we we just want to keep adding to this work and this walk. And so uh, it makes sense that we would want to show, um, you know, the Christian, ourselves included, the church also, why things are working, why they're not working. And then we might get down to stop accusing God and anyone else and really see that it's no one's fault. It's the principle isn't being applied. So that that's basically what it is, and and um, we, as a church, are constantly going to be binding and loosing, yeah. or we should be. And to know the power of that, and know the purpose of it, but also to know how it works and why it works. Uh, it will make us far more powerful. Yeah, that's a good word, but influences. Uh, we will influence more people if uh, they can see that that principle works. 
So I think that was it. So we got about another five minutes before we go to our first break. Maybe we can just bring Pastor Tony in here to bring us into a theological understanding. A lot of people go to God in prayer with the understanding of praying for something in hopes of getting it. Like we were talking about this last night in our prayer meeting, and we don't understand sometimes that prayer is that which has already been accomplished. We're not hoping for it to come to pass. Can you bring us in? I know you've taught on this before, but can you bring us into an understanding? And then what I'm going to share, I believe, will tie in on the foundation of that. You know, like asking God for something in hopes of getting it. It, From From a standpoint of the finished work already being done and applying that that work or asking from the perspective of lord it's not done can you can you, can you give it to me you know I think it, waiting I, for something I looked to be accomplished at it, the way i looked at it and uh, and applied it was if you put money in the bank yeah. uh you know you know it's in the bank and so therefore you don't keep saying I'm going to put money in the bank, it's already there in the bank. And if it's in the bank, it should be getting interest, drawing interest. So you go from one position of putting something there, then you go to the next position of changing your prayer and thanking the Lord for what's there. You, You understand what I'm saying? But so many times we pray for something and then when we pray for something, we keep praying for it. Yeah. When are we going to uh, believe that God heard us? He's going to answer it, and now we need to start thanking him. And what I was learning this week about, you know, the difference with the binding and loosing and what it really means and how it ties, it's not just enough to – it's when you pray for something, the action of prayer – and the communication of prayer, but the Lord is also looking into the heart of the belief system that you have about what you're praying, whether it's able to be yours or whether it's out of grasp. And that will determine sometimes how quickly heaven and earth come into a harmony and an alignment. So I want Pastor Tony to really bring us in here and then I'll start adding because I think a lot of us even with what just went on last night I believe that the Lord answered that because it was prayer that wasn't from a perspective of we're hoping this will happen God we knew the plans of the Lord we knew what God wanted to do and so we just kept like pastor just said putting into the bank the credit of the prayer and when the Lord said it was time boom we cashed it you know we we drew interest on it yeah Mm. So, Pastor Tony, over to you. I think the key to uh, any topic in the scriptures that you want to sort of become, you know, familiar with is that you're not to pick, you know, one verse uh, above another. We, we're to take the whole counsel of a subject in the, in the Bible because, you know, there's instances where the Lord says Luke in Luke um, 18, um, Men ought to pray and not cease. And then he gives us the parable of the unjust judge. And that whole parable is about a widow who doesn't know the outcome of her situation. She wants justice and she just persistently says, give me justice against my adversary. And Jesus said, how much more will your Father in heaven grant you if you're 
persistent, not repetitive, but you keep persisting and saying, Lord, give me justice. So there's that, one, there's that angle there. And then Nate brought up in the prayer meeting last night for Sydney and for the US about how where the Lord says where two or more yes. agree together on earth, it shall be done for them. Now you brought up an interesting angle and it's valid, but there is the prayer of agreement which has power. So I don't, we don't want to wipe that out because he tells husbands and wives it, you're to agree together because there's power in that, okay? Where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. So I would tell all of our uh, audience and our listeners um, to, to get the whole picture of how prayer works. In my experience and in my... Uh, you know, 30 plus years now of ministry, I think the bottom line for anyone who's praying, and Pastor Nate's going to bring out a little bit more about this, it's the prayer of faith that moves God. Okay? Now, faith can include emotion. We're told by James that Elijah was a man just like us, and he was very, compa- he was very what's the word, passionate about how we pray, okay? So we don't want to lose any of that. But the key for every prayer, in my understanding, is that ask the Holy Spirit what God's will is. That's the bottom line. Because when you pray, if it's your will, or maybe this is God's will, that, that that's not faith. That means you haven't got the revelation yet of what God wants done. And the example last night was... The word of the Lord came forward by Dr. Robin. There was going to be a change of lead leadership, specifically about the New South Wales headship, and that God wanted to bring that change. So we knew when we were in prayer last night, yep. it was going to change. Yep. It wasn't, Lord, if this is your will, or, you know, there's all these other factors. No. And that's the only way you can pray with confidence and boldness is, is when the Holy Spirit tells you, this is what the Father wants, now pray it and believe it. And then that's when uh, Mark, I think Mark 11 kicks in. When you stand praying, believe that you've already received it. Yeah. See, how can you believe that you've already received it if you're still doubting whether you've heard God? So, again... That means that we need to find the will of God and then pray the will of God. And this is why Paul the Apostle says we are to know the will of God, not guess the will of God. We're to know the will of God and that comes by revelation. But a lot of people uh, have this attitude that if they keep praying, they will believe it. Now, that might work to a point where uh, you could be praying and, and you're, you're reaching out for that belief and then it comes. But after it comes, your prayer has to change because you cannot keep praying for it and think, you know, well, I know that's what God wants, but I'll just keep praying for it. The Lord says that that's not faith. That's not faith. 
and you see where does it come in? Because there's got to come in an area where we believe it and start thanking him for it. Because without thanking, we're not going to get anywhere, okay? Because he lives in the praises of his people. So if we don't praise him before we see it, you see, we're not going to have him live in anything but the praises of his people. That's what he says. He lives in the praises of his people. When two or, two or more agree on earth, it is in heaven. When there's two together, he's there in the midst. See, there are principles, continual principles. So there are things that we need to learn. All right. God has heard. We've, we've said it. We should believe it. We, we must grab something now to be a reality with us. And then from there, the prayer starts to change. So what's the change from? It changes from asking to thanking. So with that, we'll go to a break because we're 25 minutes in and then we'll, yeah, and then we'll come back and dive more deep into it. See, um, I know we're off the portals thing, but I, I know why saints get so confused and so frustrated because we're telling them you need to hear God and find out what his will is before you can pray a prayer that's in faith. And so hearing God is key because if you don't hear God, faith is not possible. And the only way to please God is through faith. Now, why has God made it that way? Because to hear him... You have to get close enough to understand and discern his voice. So he's after relationship again. again. And this is why he emphasizes faith. Faith pleases God because faith gets you closer to God to hear his voice. And if you're not willing to you know, seek him to hear his voice, that means that your love for God really isn't there. And so that's a lot of conviction personally to me and, 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 and to you. Because once you get familiar with someone's voice... It's a lot easier to, you know, conversate with that person. I've often given the example that because, you know, Dr. Robin and I have been living together now over 31 years. Isn't it a long time, Dale? <laughs> we've um, been living together. I'd say, well, if we've been living together, we've been married that time too. So Makes it sound like we've been living the, together. The point I'm making is... I don't shack if, if you were to blind... <laughs> But I'm not getting what you're saying. She's saying something. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll reword it because you, you're, you stumble Please over these little pebbles. We've been married for 31 Thank years. You. And we've been in the same house for that amount of time. And my point is, if you were to blindfold me and then you recorded hundreds of women's voices, I'd immediately know when my wife's voice would be speaking. Why? Because I've heard it every day yeah. for the last 31 years. And that's the way the Lord wants us to be able to hear his voice. Now, the devil is obviously trying to trip us up and hearing other voices 
Usually desire is a big voice and assumption is a big voice and cognitive thinking is a big voice and, do, uh, you know, I nearly said Dr. Nate, but you're getting there. Pastor Nate, Pastor Nate is going to share on how we can discern better and be ready faster. But this is why we're told that faith pleases God because it means you, you need to get close. You need to hear his voice. And then I love, I love what we've been listening to. You know, we've been listening to a worship album just released. I won't bring out any names, but one of the songs is Send Me, right? And one of the lyric in that song is, I say yes before you tell me. And there's another attitude of faith. Because I love you so much, I'm already saying yes to your will before you reveal what your will is. Now, a lot of us would struggle with that. But that's exactly what uh, Jesus did. He came, he died, and he arose and he ascended, all based on doing something for his Father. So I want to encourage you. This is why we tell you, get into the school, get into SOAP, Get to learn how to discern the Spirit's voice and also to discern the voices that are not the Spirit's voice and you will find the heart and the will of God and you'll be praying in faith and you will see every one of your prayers come to pass. And we did it last night. Mm. So over to you. That's my bit. Uh, This Um, part that you just said about... you said about saying yes before you know. A little bit more to it. it it's uh, not just I say yes before I know his will. It's I've decided. I've decided to do his will. And because what we have to realise is God is not going to show us his will unless we decide to do it before he shows it to us. So, because otherwise we're we're coming to a place where we can just tread all over his will by saying, no, I'm not going to do it. But coming back to what you said about uh, the, you know, knowing God's will and then um, working the process out, it's God wants us to go after his will And then when we get to a place, he'll reveal his will. After he reveals his will, we'll thank him for it. You see, it's got to be a little bit more than just uh, knowing God's will. There are times when God wants to go after, pursue his will. And when you pursue his will, it comes to a place where the Lord says, yes, that was my will, it is my will, and then you must change from that position you go in to thanking the Lord for that. So you can't keep asking when you know. And this is what I want to bring out. Um, Like a lot of the times, I understand what you're saying, but I'm going to come from a different angle now. A lot of the times we use prayer to try and persuade our heart that God is interested in answering what we're asking for. And um, like psychologically, what happens is when you confess something that you don't believe to be true, 
and you're not fully persuaded of, it actually works to build up against your faith. Every time you confess it, you believe in, in your inner man, you're lying. Yes. There's a war that takes place when you confess something that your heart is not fully persuaded with. You pray it out loud, you know, you say all the right warfare words, but deep down you're not convinced that he wants to do it. And so this little voice comes up that says, I'm lying to myself. This is a hope goal. And this is what the enemy is able to capitalize upon. So what really, what, this is where now your confession works against your faith because your, your confession is not in harmony with a fully persuaded heart. And this is really powerful because a fully persuaded heart, like Pastor said, will come from a different angle with confession. They won't be confessing in hopes of attaining. And this is something that they said to us in the course this week. They said, why does the Lord answer your prayer? And it really took me a while to think, oh, okay, well, why does he answer my prayer? Because he wants his will done? Okay, yeah. But, the answer was, it's because of the finished work of Jesus. Yeah. He's not even looking at what you're asking about. He's looking at how can he honour what He's Jesus done. has done through your request. And when you ask from the perspective oh. of this is already done. Come on, where's all the wows? That's this a big is, wow. This is already done. Christ already accomplished it on the cross. And now because of that, I am fully persuaded that there is nothing that I cannot ask you when I'm aligned with heaven, not there just ask is. for a Lamborghini, because my heart has to be aligned <laughs> with what's already accomplished in heaven. What's accomplished in heaven? The finished work of the cross. And this is what we're going to keep coming back to all the time because a lot of Christians get persuaded by the fact that God wants to answer their prayer because of them. Yeah. And it's not the truth. He and looks through the eyes of Jesus at our I, identity. I don't know how many times I have made this a teaching in abiding in Christ, yep. communion with God, counsel by God. Every single course I take, I do it. Yep. Because it, it it's the thing, if you get a hold of this, the enemy has no hold because... He wants you to look at what you haven't done and also what you have this done. Is such a religious external That's approach to life. That's what he wants life. you to look at. And if you look at that, you won't look at what, what God is looking at, Jesus in you. You won't do that. You'll be looking at you. Because there's a statement that I wrote in, um, in my paper here and um, it's actually a quote from the book and I'm going to read it. It says, Each time I ask God to give me what he's already given me in Jesus, I am at the same time making a statement that God has not given it to me in Christ. So therefore, the more passionately I seek to get what I already have, the more deeply I persuade my heart that I don't have it. What that means is the more times I come to God and say, Lord, I hope that you give it to me, Lord, I hope that you answer this prayer and I'm not fully persuaded the more my heart is fully convinced that I don't get it. Yeah. And this is what we do in it's our prayer time us, yeah. all yeah. the time. But We're not about, in harmony. What We're about the scenario when someone doesn't know the will of God? Like it came up last night in the prayer meeting. There was a meeting that was going to happen and I honestly thought I had the Lord's mind on it, but I didn't want to impose my mind 
unless I got a confirmation from someone or, or the Lord himself, because then I would be praying against God's will. You know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with what that situation was, but I felt the Lord wanted me to pray it, but I didn't want to impose that on the person involved because I, I was praying from a distance. They're actually in the situation. And so what do you do about that, mate? Do you... I'm not talking... You, know you know when Paul wanted to go to Jerusalem? I brought this up last night. But see, we're talking about two different types of prayer. You're talking okay. about a directing kind of prophetic prayer, yeah. praying for something specific. I'm talking about the everyday person just praying for the smallest gotcha. thing to the largest, their, their relationship with prayer. Yeah. The way that they approach prayer, if they're approaching from the sense of, Lord, I'm hoping you'll give this to me today, or I'm hoping that I can come into alignment yeah. with something today. Hoping. Yeah. This hoping is the actual like weapon that turns against you. Yeah. And the hope that you think you have tells you you're lying to yourself. Wow. You see, it has to be a determination. This is it. You, there has to be a determination when you are doing, and I don't say prayer is not doing doing this thing. You know, I'm going to a prayer meeting. That means I'm going to a prayer meeting. No. When you go to pray, you're coming in touch with the Lord. So if you're coming in touch with God, then of course, when you pray and you're praying, he's going to be seeing his son. He's going to be seeing his son as you speak. He's not going to be seeing all your faults and failings and everything. And this is the biggest thing that robs us because the devil will have us looking at ourselves. It's the finished work of cross, of the cross that the, that the Father takes pleasure in answering. Whenever he sees someone asking, one of his children asking for something, he sees his son and the work that he did to bring about this, even this asking. Yeah. Do you know it's the, the Father sees even Jesus when we're asking? Because without him, we wouldn't be here asking. Which that, that brings about the whole, like the whole concept of Ephesians 1 and 2. We are in him. Yes. He put us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Yes. So whatever we do is in Christ. This is what I'm saying and this is what I'm trying to get across. Even prayer has to be based on what's already accomplished in Christ. Yes. Too many times we go to prayer and ask our petitions based on us. On our needs. Mm. Like, Lord... You've seen me, I've been faithful. You've seen me, I've been doing this. You've seen me, I've been going to church. You've seen me, I haven't manifested in a while. And this religious kind of performance, like mindset, is the thing. And then deep down, we could say to ourselves, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. You're saying it with your mouth. You know, yeah, Lord, I want to see this, 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 and come to pass and, you know, whatever your will, blah, blah. But deep down, you're not persuaded. 
And so that little voice comes up and says, you're lying to yourself. And so what happens is your faith is diminished. This is why in another portal we talked about, unless you're fully persuaded in your heart, shut your mouth. Because your heart must be in agreement with what you confess. Faith means there's no wavering. Immovable trust. Right, And we keep going back to the scripture, double-mindedness. I'm telling you in season casting, I'm going to teach on it. There is so much a move of the Lord in 2022 to get rid of double-mindedness in the church because it's the thing that robs you of the presence of God in your life. When you can't be in one single mind and you're always wavering from yes to no or maybe, there's no maybes. And so a fully persuaded heart. You talked about Mark 11. If you believe that you have already received it. Well, what have you already received? Yes, but you've received through Jesus, through the finished work of the cross. So you never base it on you. You say, Lord, because of the finished work of the cross, because of Jesus' sacrifice, because it's already done in heaven, therefore I can come to you, believe that I've received that, and you will give me whatever I ask. Does that make sense? And that comes according to its will and way too. You don't just get everything you ask. You get according to his will and way. Yeah. This is the letter of James. You know, you ask amiss. Mm. When you ask, you ask amiss because you want to consume it on your own lusts. And so for all of that dynamic comes into play. We can't sort of pick and choose which... But, but the thing we have missed, the church is missing... It's about what they ask. It's about what they see. Yes. It's about what they do. And look, I, I just see the church ever, ever going up to the cross. But they never go through the cross. Never let their life go through the cross. And they certainly don't let their life go from the cross. You see, they're still going up to the cross. So many people talk about crucifixion, 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 you know, Christ on the cross, you know. Well, Christ is not on the cross anymore. He's actually in heaven, you know, and that's where we're supposed to be seated with him. So isn't this incredible? When he is here, we're with him. When he's there, we're with him. We're with him all the time. There's never a separation. Why? Because Christ in me is the hope of glory. It, it always comes back to abiding. It, it like it, it's seriously in me, Christ in me, and me in Christ. And that is the reason why I get to have this fellowship with him. We talked about reconcile, exchange for the same coin of value. That's how much I meant to the Lord. He had to send something of the same value to get my value back. So, I mean, that's still landing. But that brings us to the scripture because um, a lot of us use this scripture as a license. And in the, in the course, they were talking about the true meaning of binding and loosing. And what it, like, I... You can't just bind and loose whatever you want. And a lot of script, a lot of Christians, well, whatever I bind is bound and whatever I loose is loosed. But they don't understand the weight and the meaning of that scripture. So 
I want to read, actually, it says here um, in the Amplified, it says, uh, Matthew 18, 18, it's probably the most, like, true-to-form translation, what the Amplified says. It says, Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid or declare to be improper, improper and unlawful on the earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. Catch that. Whatever you try to forbid as improper or unlawful on the earth must be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit or declare proper and lawful on the earth (coughs) must be already permitted in heaven. So I can't go around and go, oh, you know, I bind that, you know, because I want it. I have to know, this is where the prophetic comes in. I have to know what is forbidden in heaven. Well, corruption's forbidden in heaven. Yes, you know, right. greed is forbidden in heaven. That's why and I that's why knew evil had to That's why I knew evil had to be dealt with. Because it's forbidden in heaven. And then what is permissible in heaven? Well, love, like you know, you t- you teach on the new Jerusalem and how it's all about heaven coming to earth. And so this is the dynamic that I believe the Lord wants to restore to us to understand because a lot of Christians walking around going, oh, you know, I can bind that, you know, and it's already bound. But they're binding it out of a selfish agenda and they're not finding out what's already permitted in heaven and what's not lawful in heaven. So even with last night's example, right, with this woman, we bound that because what she was operating in was unlawful in heaven and was not permitted and that gives us the right to bind it through the finished work of Jesus. Wow. And this is what we have to come back to. So you've got to come back to that part where it says, you know, that's the harmony between heaven and earth. Yeah, thy will be done. Yeah, and that's where on sometimes earth. on earth we're trying to let happen what is forbidden in heaven. And that's why our prayers don't get answered. Because the Lord says, hang on, according to heaven, this shouldn't be going on in the earth, but you're not standing against it. You're for it. And then vice versa. Sometimes we see something going on on the earth that we think we're against, i.e. the 2020 election, but heaven says, no, this is permitted. That's why earth and heaven are not in harmony at the moment in your life. And that's why you will be undivided in your heart. Does that make sense? Yes. And that means you're immovable. You're shaky. That's not faith. You guys are looking at me you, like that. You I'm can't you just be the... Breathe, mate. You be throwing gems all over the But we understand You be the only one agreeing. This is it. It's got to be something this greater than you. That starts the agreement. And this pastor is what I want to talk about with the scripture. Because the tr- this is what you opened it up. The translation there is wrong. I said this last night to our prayer meeting. It goes on in the next verse to say, If two of you agree yeah. on earth, yeah. it shall be accomplished, mm. whatever you ask. But the real translation, they, the English translators, even in the Old King James, they added a word there, of you. So the real translation is, if two agree with what's lawful in heaven and unlawful in heaven, it shall be accomplished on the earth. 
So what we've done is we've gone, well, you agree with me, so it's going to happen. Because when Come two on, or three agree, agree. Yeah. have you if not heard call somebody to agree with me? Together. Let's, yeah, let's quick, somebody on, call let's somebody. This is what you we've don't done. even know if it's a heavenly agreement. This is first. And it hasn't been permitted in heaven. And so we think, hang on, I prayed with that person. We agreed. You know, we believed. But you haven't even found out if it's permitted in heaven. You can hit that. Oh, it comes back to the will of the Father. Remember Jesus said, I don't know you. Why? Because you did not do the will of my Father who is in heaven. So, so only the will of the Father is permissible. Which goes back to finding out faith starts by hearing the will of the Father. It's either automatically accepted. When I, when I get someone to agree with me, it's got to be automatic that it's agreed in heaven. It is not so. It is not so. You, you need to know the character of God and what he agrees on and what he doesn't agree on. Then well, you will know if there's an agreement in heaven. Well, Pastor, the... The amount of Christians who think that way, yeah, I know they, they need to press that one. They you know, what's the word? Um, smell the coffee or something? What we, yeah. what we say? Like wake up and smell the coffee. Oh. If your prayers were all in the will of God, then you would be on the top of the world right now. Every single one of your prayers would have been answered. You'd probably be in heaven. See what I'm saying? Because, like because those prayers are not on target with God's will. God is not obliged to answer those prayers. Yeah. And we would keep, and I'm speaking to myself, we would get a lot more prayers answered if we first labored to hear the will of God rather than labored to try and find faith. Hallelujah. Can we take a break? We, oh my goodness. Say that last gem for us before. Yeah, we really. should we should be spending the energy seeking what God wants, not praying and guessing what he wants, because that's a lot of spent energy going no, no. nowhere. And I think it comes even down to just guessing. It it <laughs> goes to presumptuousness that says, Well, what I agree on, God will want. What I agree on, God will want because I'm a child of God. You know, it's the authority is given me and therefore I, if I say let's agree together now, you know, and we don't find out what heaven believes about this, then it's presumptuous of us and a little arrogant you can't say that on a podcast. I sure can. I just And did. Pastor, uh, just to finish this off, what I was learning, whatever you don't believe in your heart will become presumption faith. Presumptuous oh, faith. Presumptuous faith. And this is what the enemy will use to convince you you have faith. But presumptuous faith is like faith that's a wing it kind of faith, right? And it only takes you so far. But then when you fall, the enemy comes back and says, you never believed this all along. And he convinces you that you never had faith because your faith was never built on full persuasion of the heart. Because again, I was listening to a previous portal that you talked about convincing or convicting. And the Holy Spirit is always wanting to convince us. Well, he's not wanting to convince our head. What's he wanting to convince? Our heart. 
He wants to convince our heart of what Jesus did as being enough. This is, I'm, I'm telling you, this, everything, is, this is the, the crux of every, everything every decision goes in our life. back to the finished work of the cross. Everything. Everything. And if we let everything go through the cross, come to the cross, go through the cross and move from the cross, then we would have heaven's will. We would. We most definitely would because we would see him as our, our uh, you know, being crucified and our saviour. Then we would see him going through the cross. We would see him as, as our Lord. And going on from the cross, we would see him as our king. Yes, please. Yes, we're going to take a short break. Wow. Wow. So many gems just came out. And we definitely have more to share. So don't go anywhere. If you have your questions, start posting them so we can see them. But we'll be right back. I think one of the uh, one of the blessings that I've had over the years of learning how to pray, and I'm still learning, is that you grow into it. It's not like he says, you know, like, okay, you got this right, so we start all over. You, you grow from stage to stage. Like, in my experience, when I would go back to the Lord and ask about our housing, great. He, would, he would say to me, I am not even on that subject yet. And he's, he made it clear to me, I am not going the same way as I did before. Evan wasn't permitting it. And so everything has to be a revelation to, to me personally now. Because honestly, it, it's, it's, it's the, uh, not just a prayer of agreement. We all have to agree what we want. And this is beautiful about the double-mindedness. You could ask someone what they want one day and then come back 24 hours later and say, what do you want? And it's entirely different. So part of God answering our prayers is actually determining what we want. And I'm always encouraged when, when King David had in his heart to build God a house. This is beautiful. I want to build God a house. He's living in a tent, you know. Come on, this is not right. The Lord sends Nathan to David and says, so you want to build me a house? No, no, no. I'm going to build you a house, an everlasting house. It's like God said, okay, I, I understand you have great, you know, respect for what I've done for you and you love me. But, you know... Solomon sums it up. He says, I can't build you a house. Heaven, the heaven of heavens can't contain you. you know? And so he turns around and says, no, I'm going to build you a house. And that's God's way of saying, the work is mine, not yours. Yeah. I just need you to cooperate with the work that I'm doing. And I think that's how the Lord Jesus always got it on target every time. He was there ready to do what he saw his father doing. I want to bring us back to what we're talking about for those that are listening because I think this all ties in to do with we're talking about prayer tonight because it's such a crucial thing because how we approach is also as just as important as how we get there, you know. Um, so I wrote this here. I said, because um, uh, again, having to give a sum up of every chapter I read and then write a report, right? Um, it says here, um, uh this brings us to the fact that true agreement consists of, for it to work correctly, 
It also reminds us what faith is, immovable trust in the finished work of Jesus. Understanding this is crucial because like so many Christians, we often think faith means believing for something we have not yet received. However, if we continue to move in this type of model of belief, we are essentially saying to ourselves that we don't believe the cross was enough. We try to convince ourselves while all the while we feel as if we are lying to ourselves deep inside our hearts, which causes wavering. And here's the part of the scripture. In two essential truths, the second one is this. Jesus said, if two of you agree, we need to understand that the word you is not there in the original text. It was added in by the translators. This realization is important because it is essentially saying, if two agree on earth as concerning anything in heaven, then the Father will do it. So the emphasis is not on two people agreeing, which we've used as a magic formula. It's referring to the fact that heaven and earth need to be in an agreement or harmony for the, um, the Lord's will to be accomplished and manifest. It also means that heaven and heart, here it is, need to agree or heart and mind need to be in agreement. And so this is another aspect of it. Heaven and heart need to be in agreement and heart and mind. So um, they have us to do an exercise they say you need to ask yourself these questions because faith is immovable. Anything you're immo- anything you're still moved in, it's not faith. And that really landed in me because I ask and I seek the Lord for things and I believe it, but then I'm moved, you know. And I think, oh, but what about this? And then I think about the timing or the way. But faith is immovable trust in His work and in His person. So. We're talking about congruence a lot in 2022. Heart, mind, soul, mouth, heaven all have to be in agreement for that finished work to be accomplished. And then I was talking to Pastor Robin about the meaning of that word faith. In the Greek, it means to own the deed to something that you already possess. So it's not something you're trying to attain or win over it's to literally own the deed. And well, in the... You should have that faith. Exactly. And therefore... Oh, sorry. Should have that faith. And so this is not something you're building. If you own the deed to what you already possess, then I'm sorry, but you're not going after something. You're holding on to something you already have. And in every other scripture, that word ask is acquainted with confirm or affirm, right? This is the language. But in this scripture, in the Greek, the word is translated demand. Don't just ask. If heaven and earth are in agreement, the Father says demand and it will be accomplished. Yeah, and that's where I came in with you and I said... I said, what did I say to you? I said, we know the word demand as something else. Demand, demand, whatever. Demand, demand. Um, We we know it as something else and it's been so so misused and abused that in the Christian circle demanding or demanding that um, it's like... It's like a knowledge of knowing that it's there, 
it's yours, it's what God's given you, that you, you, I had another word for it, I can't remember when we were talking about it the other night, had another word for it. But it's not demand the way we understand, you know, demanding, you know, lording it over somebody and demanding it off them. It's not that. It's getting a realisation, I'm sorry, of what is yours and therefore taking that and taking possession of that. So it's like you're taking possession because you've got a realisation of what's yours and what he's already given you and you don't have to work up a faith level to get it. Do you know um, the only reason we don't see this, guys, is because what are we looking at? Where are we looking are we looking at from the cross onwards? Are we looking from getting to the cross? Or are we looking at what's going through the cross? I'd hope to God that we're looking from the cross onwards. Because that's the ultimate. And then I said to Pastor, the word affirm... Um, funny enough, we were counselling someone this week and um, just a side, kind of side step, a little away from this topic, but I want to drop this here too. Like the word affirm, when the Lord says affirm what he's doing in someone or affirm what he's doing in your life, I'm learning through communication. Affirming is looking for something new each time. It's not confirming what's already there. And so it causes you to look in deeper and affirm based on what is there, but look for nuances that are new. So we were counselling a couple and we were talking about the five love languages and the words of affirmation. And I said to this gentleman, I said, notice it says words of affirmation, not words of confirmation. Yeah. Because a lot of us, give words of confirmation and then the enemy uses that against us because that person that you're affirming which is really you're confirming they use it against you and go well if you believe this about me then why don't you live it why don't you act it out you just say it and this is where the the love language starts to turn to stop being a person of words and be a person of action because if you believe that I'm, you know, trustworthy, then trust me. Right. You know, so what we were learning and to do with counselling and the affirming part is the affirming is looking for different ways that that character of that person comes forward and agreeing with that. And this is what the Lord was showing me with prayer. When he says, you know, agree and affirm what is in heaven, he's asking us every day to look for a new perspective not just confirm the same one over and over again. He's asking us to look for a new perspective of what heaven is doing and then confirming from that what we believe. So yeah, Lord, I see you really, I see you today moving in a new way in heaven on my life that I haven't acknowledged before. You know, you can say like, yeah, okay, yeah, your will be done. Yeah, heaven on earth, 
you know, moving heaven, come to earth today. But that's just you confirming all over again the same thing. God wants you, going back to pastor's teachings, to look in deeper and look for the new thing that he's doing each day and affirm it. Don't just repeat the same thing over and over again. So I thought that was important because that word agree in another translation is affirm. If two of you affirm on earth what is going on in heaven, then the Father will grant your petition. And so I, the Lord was showing me, I want you to look into the, it's like light. When light goes through a prism, it has many different colors, right? But it's still light. But you've got to see all the different colors because it reveals all of who he is. Yeah. I thought that was important. I think that um, as I'm listening here, um, I think a major key, and you're wearing two keys, so we'll give you another key to hang around your neck. And that is, uh, um, I believe a, a major key is the character of God. Uh, most people, even when we're praying, we don't even know the character of God. So how would we ever believe that heaven is agreeing with us we don't know our father, and so it's a bit of a safety. Uh, so I think this is wise, Pastor. There's a bit of a safety valve for us yeah. that we look through the finished work of the cross, uh, and then we will start to see the father's character. Yeah. Wow, that's important. Do you understand? Yeah. Uh, if we can't look at at the, at the at Lord God at the cross, then look at the cross back to the Lord. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I'm telling you, look at the Father's character by looking at the cross to look back to God. You know? Because people seem to have a problem in looking at God to see the cross. So why don't you look at the cross to see Father God's character? And you might just see what God is trying to show you, that this is what he's looking at, his son's work on the cross. And that work on the cross is the only thing he sees in our life. And you want to thank God for it because if he judged on character, if he judged on weakness, we'd not be getting anywhere. But it's that finished work that cancels out all of our weaknesses, all of our flaws and all of our sin. So look at the cross to see the Father's character. What do you think of that? Do you think that you could hang that key around, Jeanette? <laughs> yes, I can. You've got a key, I've got a cross. Right, we just got... I got both. Got the <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, I've got a cross. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I I think that's that's important. You know when you know we've quoted this, we've quoted so many times. 
it pleased him to bruise Jesus. Yeah. Now that makes him out to be someone really cruel. Yeah. You know, what a statement to make. It pleased mm -hmm. the father to bruise Jesus, his son, for our sake. Can you see that? Right. You never ever see the finished story. Yeah. You just see it, you know, and then you start to try and understand what that means. But that was for our sake. That was for our sake. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. We are worth that much that it. He, he bruised his son for our sake because we're worth the same value as his son. So why would we not look through the cross to see our father's character? Mm. And to think, I think to do with the, the alignment, Pastor, we experience this in our own life. Um, I'm finding that what the enemy will use is like you might be praying and agreeing for something, believing something, and you might be, you know, continually affirming that, confirming that in your heart. Uh -huh. But it's that one moment. It's that one moment that your mouth or your feelings yeah. do something that's out of alignment with what you've believed or what you've been believing in, not for, believing in, change the language, don't believe for something, believe in something. We, we experienced this, remember? We were believing for my green card and yeah. the processing. Yeah. And, and Pastor Tony was praying into it, be getting up every morning, believing. But there was one thing when we were in the office counselling on a Sunday night, that the logic started to get in, the rationality, and it began to be the biggest weapon that the enemy used the next day. Totally. To undo all of what had been put in place, the structure. Wow. So this is why there has to be a guard on our mouths, yeah. a guard on our hearts and on our minds um, to, to understand that you can undo all of what heaven is setting up for you yeah. with your rationality and with your intellect. So this is why we said in another portal, unless you persuade it in your heart, zip your lip, zippy the lippy, and let yeah. God keep working on your heart so that when you do confess, it's in alignment with what your heart is believing. See. It's Can so I it's so important. The enemy will use that one because you give him that foothold straight away. He'll use that one door. Can he'll I tell you door. another key? Hallelujah! Another key. He needs some air. Another key is rather than look at certain things. I don't know if I'm training myself. But it works. If it works for God, yes. it can work for me. Yeah. I want it to work for me so that when I look at anything, it's through the cross, through the eyes of Jesus to see the love of my Father, the, the, uh, you know, the, um, the character of him, the, the faithfulness of him, the trusting 
through it with him. It's all coming through one thing, looking at the cross. Not looking at it for crucifixion, but looking at it for resurrection and ascension. And that's the way I look at it. And and connection, because then I can't be swayed or detoured because the devil don't want me to even look at the cross. He don't want to even go near the cross. When he looks at it, it shows absolute failure. So he's not going to hang around the cross. You see? And so if I keep looking back at the cross, you know, not going back, because that's where most people do, jump back on the cross again. I don't need to go back to the cross. I need to look back to see where I've come from and where I'm going. And seriously, I can't but see the character of God when I look at the cross. Because (coughs) I see his faithfulness. I see his character. And if I can do that like he does that, I'm going to align with heaven. I want to just say this to those people that heard what Pastor said and you have those moments. I want to be practical right now. We're believing for a lot of things. We're believing for big spiritual breakthroughs. Right? Yeah, this mandate to this, be lifted. Yeah, we're believing for a lot of things. Now, if 99% of the time you are in faith and your confession and your heart and your emotions and your feelings are all lining up, that's great. But it's that 1% of when you pull out your phone and you talk to your friend and you say, well, the New York Times says this. Or, well, I heard on Channel 9 this. That is going to be the 1% that undoes everything. All of your building in faith for heaven to align with earth. This is why it's so crucial. The Lord says, don't be double minded. A double minded man gets nothing from God. And I experienced this personally because this is what the enemy does. He waits to see in our hearts, where we truly don't believe God. And then he waits for the right emotional circumstance to pop up that triggers an inadequacy. So we read an article, we see something on the news, and because of something within us that hasn't been fully won over, we get fearful and we start thinking, well, well, they're saying this. And the moment you verbalize it, You've given power to it. And all of that time that you spent at SWAT prayer meetings every night, all of that time you spent on your knees journaling with the Lord, you undo. I'm being serious. This is how it works because this is what we said at the start. Because your confession of hoping for it kills the real faith. And it it also, it's undone because we don't see his character. Being true and faithful. We don't see it. When we look back at the Bible, of all the things he's done, 
Why do you look back to read the Bible and say the Old Testament? Why? Why do you do that? Do you want to learn history? Do you want to just know the journey? Well, when I look back at the Old Testament, even when I look forward to the New Testament and, and read through the New Testament and all the writings of Paul and everything like that, when I do that, all I can see is God's faithfulness. Oh, sorry. We just go from one book to another. You go from, and this one was barren, and this one was barren. And you think, well, okay, now in that book, this one was barren, then this one was barren, and then this one was barren. And your story would be, well, there's no more story to that one. But lo and behold, and this one bore this one. And it's like it starts all over again. Just when you think it's a barren story, life is produced in it. So do you see what I'm saying? That journey is to see how faithful our God is. Sure, learn the history of it, but please learn how faithful our God is. When, when I get the reality that God will not break his promise, because if he was a liar and he lied, then the very stars in the sky would fall to the ground. Have you seen any stars falling to the ground? You might have seen a few, what are they? Meteorites. Meteorites. But I'm talking about stars. Yes. I'm talking about stars. They're hanging on God's promise. Do you see? Character. So when you're looking at the cross, looking back at the cross, you're looking at Jesus and you're looking at what... The Father God is looking at. You can't help but be aligned with heaven because that reality, revelation will start hitting you. Oh, my God. Look what he did for me. He gave his son because I'm worth what his son's worth and he wants me back. Can you see what I'm saying? So, it, you know, most people have a problem looking at the cross onwards to, you know, to, so they, they always get caught up with this. I, I look and say to you tonight, look back and see how faithful God is in the death of Christ yes. on the cross. And why wouldn't you then look only through those eyes at the finished work of the cross? Because if you don't look at the finished work of the cross, there's no finished work for you. That's it. And then you're not fully persuaded. Romans 4.21 says Abraham was fully persuaded, right, in the heart. And so I'm, I'm, I'm learning that that 1% of double-mindedness, that is what keeps you on the earth. But when you're fully persuaded, heart, mouth, heaven, that's the moment that heaven and earth align. 
catch what I just said. When you become fully persuaded, that will be the moment that heaven and earth align and what's in heaven is released on the earth. And here's a lot the, of the key, time, isn't it? Heaven and earth, we're the last ones to align. They're the first ones to align. A lot. Of, can I be honest? A lot of the time, heaven is ready to go. And so is earth. But the Lord has to spend time fully persuading us, fully persuading us of his goodness. Fully and persuading us of his character, of his power. Because heaven's ready to go. They're just saying, yeah, just just, just confess it, believe it, and yeah. be fully persuaded. As, it, as if it was. And God sees it. It'll be there. But a lot of the time, and it's that 1% that the enemy uses us to keep us on this earth out of fully being persuaded in our heart. Because he throws all of the circumstance and he throws all of the facts. I've seen it. I've seen people that are... Praying and praying in one minute, they're full of faith. And then in the next moment, it's, well, I heard this on the news. But this, this comes down, what if I put this before you, Pastor? What if I put before you something here? And that how we say heaven and earth line, align together and where to align with that. What if I put to you that earth aligns with heaven and heaven aligns with earth. We know that. But what if the enemy tries to divert earth not to align with heaven? That happens. But let me tell you something. That's a lie. Because heaven testifies of God. Earth testifies of God yep. and we testify of God. Yep. You see, the devil will divert and try and get circumstances yep. to cause you to align with him. But I'm sorry, you were created to align with heaven and through earth you were to align all three together. Threefold witness. And the last statement I had here is any way we perceive it, it basically, unless someone on earth comes into alignment and harmonizes with the finished work of Jesus on the cross and his life, then heaven is not released on the earth. That's right. And harmonize comes from that word, the same word that we get symphony. So it's like heaven is the instrument, earth is the instrument, our lives are the instrument, our mouths are an instrument, and God is the great conductor conducting this great symphony, and he says, hang on, we're in the key of me. And right now, uh -huh, I like you're that out one. of key. key of me. So until you get into the key of me, come on, you musicians, listen out. to that one. Something, so he's up there, and he's going like this, and he goes, Key right, heaven's me. playing what it needs to play. Earth is playing what it needs to play. Okay, your heart is playing what it needs to play. Sorry, over here, your mouth, it's out of key. Mouth, you're not in the key of me. And until you can get in the key of me, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb and we can't move on to the next page of score because you're off key. So I have to get Ooh. you to harmonise 
With I me. know Tim's listening so to that one. So we can be in key. And other times it's, all right, heart, you're in key. Emotions, you're in key. But mind, intellect, you're out of key. And every time I keep trying you to bring, bring you into my key, you keep bringing up all these notes that aren't in my scale. And they don't work with this key. So sorry, until you get in key, we're not harmonizing. So that's the reality. It is. That's the reality. It is the reality. And it works. It's, can you imagine if they weren't in harmony? Oh my, what a sound we would have. And I'm sure heaven's listening to many sounds like that, where things are not in harmony. Yeah. And that's the great thing about harmony, just to, for all those musicians out there, you're singing different parts. It's not the melody, right? You have the melody, but harmony is different parts that each person performs, but the key is what sets whether or not the harmony works. And this is God's character through music. He's showing us the same thing. His key, heaven playing its part, heaven's the tenor, earth is the baritone, your heart is the alto, and your mouth is the soprano. Wow. All need to get into harmony and come into alignment so the great maestro, the great conductor can go, right, yep. this score's about to be played. All right? Yeah. It's the, it's the way to look at it. And I, it's so important. And so, um, you know, what you're saying to, tonight is so important. And it's what it, you wanted to talk uh, on. Uh, and Because and we're all praying f for big things. But this is all about... And it's, it's always be Christ in me. Yeah. When I don't look at Christ in me, I look at me. Yes. Maybe we should say the Father's going, right, today and forevermore, we're in the key of Christ. Key of Christ, guys. We're not in the key of you. We're not in the key of circumstance. And we're not in the key of me. We're in the key of him. So turn your pages to the score that I'm going to play because, and we're playing it in the key of Christ. Now Let what do people land. think about that? that we land. need to hear. I Let need to land. see something. Give me some of those hearts. Oh, wow. Give me some of those hands and fingers and claps. <laughs> Colleen says middle C. <laughs> very good, good Colleen. Luck, very, very good. Wow. As in, Christ. Yes. As in Christ. 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 Yeah, I mean, it's so much. I, I'm so grateful for this conversation because I'm definitely taking away several keys. You got that um, key around your yeah, neck. Yeah, I need too. to get one now. I'm getting one on my bracelet, my ring. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of keys. On my now. toes, on, on my, my fingers, toes, you know, on my knees. On major my, keys, major yeah, keys. On my ankle, gonna right. have them everywhere. Yeah, I know, you know. Something that just landed in me um, about what you were saying, especially, you know, in these current circumstances, um, trying to look past the circumstances to believe for what the Lord has been speaking over us individually and as the church. And I had, um, you know, a lot of these engagements that we have, and especially with to do with my work, I have to socialize with people that might not agree. But one thing just dropped in me with the Lord is about like, because I get rattled up about explaining 
why I stand, why I stand. And I, I don't mind doing that. However, the Lord was just putting upon on, on my heart that, you know, we're no longer arguing just about facts. We're arguing, the enemy is trying to argue our faith yes. in, this, in these circumstances. So why are we risking that, you know, when it comes to these disagreements? And that just challenged me because <laughs> I definitely had a circumstance just recently. Um, and I have to be, uh, it just put me on guard to be careful of the enemy trying to instill a 1% in me because of the familiarity, because I want someone to see it, you know, I want them to understand me, but maybe it's not meant for them to do that because that could be the 1% I'm risking to come in. Can I ask you a question? Oh, Lord, me? No, no, because you're here representing people. I'm representing people, okay. Okay, so why don't I ask you, so why, why do you find it hard to look let the Lord uh, God show you that he looks at Christ in you. What, what would you say would Ooh. be a, why you would find that hard? I think it is, I think part of me wants to feel worthy of something. Do you feel you want a part to play yes. in it? Do you feel your works have to come into yes. it? I, I feel like, and I've said, I actually said this to the Lord where, I feel like I've wanted the reward of doing something good to fulfill, you know, any emptiness or any struggles that I've entertained or, you know, experienced. So oftentimes I feel like when I don't have a, a something tangible like a reward or even sharing the glory. I, I literally I said this into that. my yeah, just journal. Because you're representing people. Yes. See? So I want to ask you that. Yeah. I think that's where... I tend to struggle to to realize just the Lord in me because like you said this last week and it hit me like between the eyes of living from a fragmented place yeah all the time but, but that you, you don't live from a fragmented exactly. place exactly if if Christ is living through you exactly but let me just say this to you the realization for you is that when you look at what God's looking at, you say you want to feel worthy, mm -hmm. um, to have some worth, mm -hmm. um, importance maybe. Um, well, that you can't look at that and not have importance. Mm. I see what you're saying. Because that death was for you. Yeah. Anyway, are you getting what I just said? The only yeah. time That's you won't the most important thing for you to look at. And what he looks at. It goes back to what you said in abiding. Yeah. The only time we won't see the importance is when we look from the moment, the place of separation. Yes. As me being separate from Christ, you know. If but we that's look a lie. Exactly. That is not. Exactly. And let's look. He joined himself to us. He's not going to let go. We're the ones that let go. So please, that's the biggest lie of right. them all. Even when you let go, he's still holding on. You might feel like you're falling a bit because you've <laughs> let go. But yeah. if 
you see, he hasn't let go, so you're not really falling. He's holding, and you let go, so you feel yourself letting go, but mm -hmm. you never feel him letting go. Right. So that's a lie, and it needs to be exposed for what it is. But if you want to feel important, look what through the eyes of God at Jesus and you will be very important because yeah. he looks at his son as the finished work for us. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, that, that definitely needs to land. And I'm not sure. I mean, I think what you guys said last week too kind of brought out a huge belief system and I believe in a lot of our hearts of that savior complex that makes us feel oh, yeah. so separate all the time. Yeah. Um, cause I'm not quite sure why that, yeah, that's se well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think once that was unlocked, I started to realize. Yeah. Yeah. But that I just want system. you to experience that, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, well, when you're looking at a situation, I'd ask every person out there, by the grace of God, I do this. What are you saying, Lord? Because I don't want to hear anything else but what you're saying. I don't want to hear the circumstances. I don't want to hear the president. I don't want to hear this. Word. I don't want to hear the, uh, you know, the uh, premier of a, of New South Wales. I don't want to hear what the vaccine i don't want to hear anything i run open eyes and i just want to hear what god is saying in it mm -hmm. otherwise i'd be tossed to and fro on every wind of doctrine i i don't want to do that i don't want to be like that you see if i want great security it's got to be in him yeah so i stay in him yeah. And I think one other thing that will help us all is what you said earlier, Pastor Nate, as well, is that admitting that we're lying to ourselves in these moments, that some of us might still be fearful. Some of us might still have that 1%. Some of us don't want to do this. And that's real talk. And that's the, <laughs> that's the exercise that I had to do, like, at the end of this of this part of the lesson was you literally have to go in and you have to take inventory where do you feel like you're lying to yourself right because if you feel that it's not faith and then you've got to debunk and you've got to go through the process of finding out ah well i've been confessing it i've been believing it but it hasn't been authentic faith it's been faith based on something that i will accomplish in the future Yes. performance yes. and yes. it hasn't been faith based on something that was already accomplished yeah and it really brings it back down to am i immovable you want to know when you're living in faith you're immovable word that's it you're immovable and your yes is yes your no, you know is no is no and mm. when god says you believe right but pastor it's it's when we um go to god and we go to our father and we just let tell him, what are you saying? Yeah. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Yeah. And then there's nothing wrong in saying that. 
and you just open the door for him to tell you what you're saying. You don't tell him what he's saying and you don't assume what you're saying is what he's saying. Mm. What you do is you go and you say to him what he is saying. When you do that, you're looking through the eyes of the father at his son. You mm. get the answer. Yeah. You'll get the answer. And I think every believer can adapt this practice in their prayer time and use this verbiage. Like Jesus said, go into your prayer closet, that quiet room, shut the door. That means shut your ideas out. Shut your intellect out. Shut your understanding out. Go into prayer like a newbie waiting to hear and mm. say, "Where? what is heaven aligning with today father father what is heaven aligning with or what is heaven saying what is heaven saying today what is the movement That's of heaven the same thing, that i need to align aligning. with for the movement and then because of jesus i know that i can believe that what's going on in heaven is going to happen on earth today and I'm going to ask the whole, this is it this is the process my favorite part now there's the father father what's in heaven What's going on today? What's happening in heaven? Mm. Right? What are you releasing from heaven to earth? And what are you saying? What are you saying from heaven to earth? Because of Jesus, I know that I can access it, even though I might have stuffed up before I even came in, even though my thoughts might have not yep. been alignment. Because of Jesus' work, I know right now I can access it. And furthermore, Holy Spirit, I know you're going to actuate it in every moment of this day. That's the process. And if we can adapt that into our prayer, we're moving from a place of knowing what's already accomplished and not hoping it will be accomplished. Amen. So That's when we say. say this about heaven, what are you saying? Here's a key, and that is, you know what? Earth takes notice of what heaven says. Mm. <laughs> heaven doesn't take notice of what earth says. Oh, my goodness. A major key. Say that one more time. I just said heaven. Heaven, earth takes notice of what heaven says. Yeah. But earth, but heaven doesn't take notice of what earth says. Right. And I'm telling you that heaven changes the atmosphere over earth. It doesn't bow down to the atmosphere of earth. Mm. But, but the devil would have you bow down to the atmosphere of earth. Because he's in that atmosphere. Yeah. And mm. Pastor Joel 3.16 says, The Lord roars from Zion. And the heavens, meaning atmosphere, and the earth tremble. So there's the relationship. The Lord roars from his, his throne. And like Pastor said, the earth takes notice and responds to that roar and in turn produces a response that trembles. Yeah. So we've got to get that picture. We've got to get this order right. We keep trying to make it um, earth to heaven. Yeah. It's heaven to earth. Yeah. And, and I would so go so far as to say earth trusts God, but he doesn't trust man. Mm. What? That was, you just sung it. waiting for resurrection the earth is 
and he knows, the earth knows, only God can bring resurrection for the earth. So this business of thinking climate change or well, we'll just say praise God for that. Uh, but guess what? I just want people to know God's in control of it. Not man. God's in control of it. That was the, that was the clincher gem. Earth trusts man. No, earth trusts heaven, but it doesn't trust, trust man. man. Oh, wow. Mm. That's why he said in those days there will be signs and he know, says because of the evil that the man earth will is allow. waiting for resurrection, right? And he's not, the earth's not waiting for man to resurrect it, waiting for God to resurrect it. Now, get that. Yeah, when the earth you isn't climbing out for crying out for climate change. It's cry, crying out no, for resurrection. No, it's waiting for resurrection, not for climate change. And the other thing, when you get that, then you'll know and you'll be able to go to the Father and you'll be able to get his will for what's going on in his earth. So, question, because we've gone over time, one. but it doesn't matter. We have, like, two minutes. Um, I, I haven't seen any questions. I've got one uh, question from Jihei. Can oh, you, yes. Can you guys give me some There's hearts, uh, coming. hearts I can coming see it now. fast? And I really want them to come fast, because if you keep on moving fast, my screen stays on. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, Look at that. Even prophetic. She needs, see? She needs them to be fast. Be fast. All the names. All come right, up. Pastor, to finish off this question from Jihei. How should we pray into the situations and people that are outside of us, i.e. political situations and political figures, when you do not know God's specific will and thoughts about them? Until we get his will clearly, should our prayers be based on the assumption that he hates evil, he wants all bad guys out, <laughs> and all seemingly demonic situ situations to cease as soon as possible? I'm sorry, I didn't so hear So she's asking how <laughs> should... see if it works. She's asking how should... Listen... She's asking, how should we pray for situations that we clearly don't know God's will on yet, such as political situations or things that are outside our own life? Should we just pray from the standpoint of, pray from Lord, his character. I know, that's it. So you're saying pray from pray his character. Pray from his character. Because that's what heaven is permitting. Yes. And so that's, what God, that's what heaven will commit to, God's character. So whatever heaven is permitting is what heaven will commit to. It, so until you know the specific, it will commit to God's character. So you're saying until you know the specific will of God, specifics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. directional, going into certain areas. Pray for God's character. So binding and loosing should only be permitting of what God's character, character reflects is. in the situation. Otherwise you get carried away with your own... Own power kick. This here. is it. You get carried away with your own. Whatever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What I loose on earth shall be loosed like a magic in wand, heaven. Harry Potter. It is not a, ha a magic wand. I've said it over and over and over from the pulpit. We think we can wave a magic wand and all these things. No, they are principles of the kingdom of God. They are a. Like pastor does the process. There is a process to them. It's not something that we just, you know, and it's time for us as Christians to wake up and stop.
playing with crystal balls. Uh, and call that binding and loosening. <laughs> you know, our Bible becomes our crystal <gasps> ball. Don't we get another portal for that one? Do you so, understand what I'm telling you? So whatever heaven is permitting <laughs> and forbidding is how we bind and loose. That's right. And heaven will always permit the character of the Lord and it will always forbid what goes against the character, the character of, of the Lord. Lord. So in this instance, with what we had happen last night, I said corruption is not in his character. Being Living in darkness is not in his character. Mm -hmm. Shutting down the voice of the church is not in his character. Right. You just look at the Bible. This is it. Look back at the Bible and see that very thing. Don't go against the character of God. If you work with the character of God, then you'll be able to line with heaven. Double-mindedness, right. not in his character. So these are right. little checklists that we have to go through and see when we start to waver. Hang on. Hang on. Am I praying something because I want it or because you, you're allowing it? They're two different questions. All right. All right. I well, think guys, that's it. we've gone over our time. Uh, yes, how did guys. we? How did everybody enjoy that? Yes, yeah, so there were many hearts flying, many things, many buckets, many hearts, many gym recitings. <laughs> I like to defeat and Facebook and keep everything on my screen. If people just poured out their names over it, they wouldn't have time to turn it off. Right. Yeah, but there are a lot I of really people commenting. really don't appreciate not being able to see people's responses to God's word. Well, it's a lousy feature, <laughs> and oh, it needs Lord. to be got rid of as fast, as quickly as it's come in. Someone tell the product development team at Facebook, please. Yeah. No, and someone pray Facebook off the high place. Anywho, oh. guys, this has been a wonderful portal. You have many gems, many practical things to walk away with. Character of God is what it's all about. The character of God is what it's all, is what it's about. all about. Look, even Zeke is busting Zeke at is his busting seams. To come. Guys, so we're going to close out Spotify. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for all. May you have rest, peace. In the Lord over your life. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay.